Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. What the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fucking ears, what the fuck nicks. Welcome to the UCB Theater in Hollywood, California for live WTF. I'm so fucking glad you people are here. Yay. I honestly have been, uh, am I just going to get right into it? This is a very personal show. You know, some of you saw me out here before, wallowing in what seemed to be a needy sort of tone that I was establishing for the show. Some of you who haven't been here were thinking, why is the host out there preparing in front of us? Because the host needs emotional support. <laughs> Do you understand? I have been off nicotine now for almost a month. Has it been that? Is anyone keeping track? <laughs> not, that, not that it's a tremendously big deal, but I'm left with very few resources to feel fucking good now. Do you understand what the nature of need is? I was on nicotine of one form or another for a long time. I've talked about this on the show before, but I had no idea. What I didn't realize is just beneath all that nicotine was a festering pit of sad, angry, fucking insanity. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. If you smoke, know what you're hiding. What you are hiding is a monster that resides in your balls and is just waiting to climb up into you and out of your mouth and say things that sound like Mel Gibson. Do you understand? <laughs> what nicotine was hiding in me was something I thought I had resolved a long time ago, and that is a deep resentment towards all things, <laughs> including my friends. <laughs> And so I was festering in that. And also, on the, on the, uh, conversely, because of the anger and stuff, what's really happening is a tremendous amount of uh, sadness and insecurity, as, as you probably know. And the, um, <laughs> I'm feeling that from you because, like, literally, some, there's a vacuum has been created next to you. Like, people could have taken that seat, but they sense something in you, which I sense in you as well. But see, it, it doesn't frighten me. I see you as a kindred spirit. I am a man with three empty seats that... <laughs> that I've had to cajole people into appearing in. They don't know what they're going to get into here. They don't know where I'm at. Do you understand what I'm saying, friend? Of course. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sitting at home today doing my work, you know, doing my social networking, planning my trip. Planning a trip for me now that I've been home three weeks. I've got to go to Minneapolis to do a show. So prep... Thank you. Thank you for, for what? For me leaving? Or are, are you from there? Or is it... Oh, okay. It wasn't just sort of like, he's going away. <laughs> I, <laughs> but here's how I prepare now. This is, I, I wake up, and I know I've got to leave tomorrow to fly out early. So here's the beginning of the preparation. Oh, this is going to fucking suck. That's, that's phase one. <laughs> like, I, I wonder if I even sold any fucking tickets. That's phase two of the preparation. Phase three is like, I don't even know what my hour is anymore. And most of the people know my shit already. Why the fuck am I even going? All right, so those are the first phases, the three phases of me preparing to leave town. And then this is what happens. Oh, God damn it. I need to jerk off now. So that was the fourth phase where I, I'd gone through phase one, two, and three, and I was sitting at my computer, and I was like, I have no choice. I have no nicotine. It's time to masturbate. So... Is this too candid? <laughs> Does this happen to most people? I, I don't know where you people come from, but I've been masturbating daily since I was 12. All right, so if that's not normal, you can all go fuck yourself. 
If I, if I go a week or two without, it's on purpose to, as an experiment. <laughs> I'll show her. The, um... <laughs> this ought to be a surprise. How much is going to come out? I, um... <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? It's a nicotine, right? I'm glad it's coming out happy and sad as opposed to like... <laughs> So I'm jerking off at the table. Like, for some reason, I've gotten my, my risk. I like to take risks, but I, because of my life at this point in time, they're very ridiculous. Like, now a risk for me is, like, I'm going to leave the door open, and, the screen, you know, I'll have the curtains out because it's hot, and I'm going to jerk off right at my kitchen table, right, right, here, right here in the kitchen where I got my computer going. And for some reason, I ended up on, I only do free porn. I don't download anything because that, that seems more spontaneous like that. Like, what's going to happen? Um... <laughs> You know, you watch a few minutes, like, I don't like what's happening here. Maybe something else will be happening over in this box. So I ended up on some vintage porn, some vintage threesome shot on, you know, film. And it had the ridiculous music that people, the hackneyed music that you don't really hear anymore, but is in every hack joke about porn. It was actually had that music, you know. And I'm listening to it, and I'm starting to jerk off at the table, and the guy who's building my deck shows up. Like, like, like if you're going to get busted, why did Ernie have to bust me? You know what I mean? Like... Would have been. <laughs> he didn't say anything, but then I had the awkward, like, you know, when I, had, when I did finish and walk out, I was like, good job on the deck, it's looking good. He didn't. Uh... <clears throat> oh, by the way, I've been. Uh, I, I ended up, um, as you know, most of you, I, I broke up with uh, the Dominatrix, okay, a while back. Because I just, it wasn't good. And um, so I've been dating somebody else, and I think this is really going to work out. She's uh, crazy. She's 27, and uh, it's completely full of drama and hostility. And I, um, I can't tell you how excited I am about it. I, I think that we had our first mature conversation yesterday about trust, you know, because she knows a lot about me. I don't know much about her, and she kind of stalked me initially. And, um, but I thought it went really well. You know, it's a new relationship, and I'm going on a trip. So she very maturely said, look, I want you to know that if you fuck anyone while you're away, I'm going to fuck people you know. And I thought that's a fine way to, to sort of establish boundaries and let me know what's up. Oh, I want to say hi to my buddy Scott, who's back here. This guy, it, it, this is a weird thing. It, you, you don't need to stand up or anything, but I get an email from a guy named Scott, and he's like, uh, dude, it looks like you're doing okay. Do you remember me? I used to work at the Horseshoe in San Francisco. Do you guys know San Francisco? The Horseshoe was on Upper Haight. It was a coffee shop. It was one of those sort of like centers of chaos and freakdom that just sat in the middle of a, of a large capital of fucking freakiness. Like it was one of those vortexes where you'd go in, they served coffee in pint glasses, and you'd put brown sugar in it and just get jacked up on coffee all day, smoke cigarettes, and watch fucking lunatics come in and out. And this guy worked there, and I didn't even know his last name until today. And, uh, and he emailed me, and he's still alive. He made it out. He was a musician, but thought better of it. And... Um, <laughs> And his guy went back to school and is now a teacher. Congratulations, Scott. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, good for you. Can I ask you a question about a dude that used to hang out there? Do you remember that big fucking crazy fuck? Like, no, the dude that was like nine feet tall and he was like, Ugh. do you remember like his name, Victor or something? What was his name? Bri what? Brian. Brian. Okay, there was something fucking wrong with that guy, right? He tried to kill you a couple of times. Well, here's what... I learned a big lesson from a, a small lesbian girl that day. Her, uh, 
this girl who I was hanging out with, her name was Dragon, and she was pretty intense, right? And, and it was me and Dragon and some other cat who's not important who was sitting at the table, right? And that dude, Brian, walks by, and, uh, you know, and he, he, was, he had playing cards with him for some reason, and he's holding out the, the ace of spades, right? And of course, like, I'm trying to, I said, like, wow, death card. And then he takes his ring, which is a sharp thing, and he holds it right up to my head. And he says, I could fucking kill you right now. Right now. And it was one of those moments where you don't really say anything. You just kind of ride it out. And he didn't kill me. And he walked away. And this girl dragon looks at me and goes, you know, Mark, not every man is your father. You don't have to reach out and try to bond with every crazy fuck that walks by. That was fucking deep. All right, let's, uh... Oh, I remember what you said. The exterminator, he asked me about my ants. I had to have the exterminators come back today because there were more ants. And I don't know if, you, if I talked about this on the podcast, but the exterminator who came before two months ago left his clipboard at my house, which meant that I could go exterminate if I felt like it because I had the proper cards to give away and I just had to find a shirt that would look appropriate. So, but... But two days ago, I opened up the clipboard because it was a clipboard that had like a folder to it. And there was a fucking prayer in, inside the clipboard. And it was called, I looked it up because I, I didn't bring it, but I wanted to bring it. And he reminded me, it was called Warrior Prayer. And it was literally a prayer that this guy obviously went to, you know, in those doubtful times where he didn't know if he could overcome the termites. Where, <laughs> where, or, if, or if, if he didn't know that this ant problem was going to be just too much and he might have needed a little extra Jesus to... <laughs> To rise above those ants. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I bow and worship and praise before you. I cover myself with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ as my protection. This dude has got a serious bug problem. I surrender myself completely and unreservedly in every area of my life to you. And then it goes, gets good. And then he says, I take a stand against all the workings of Satan that would hinder me in my prayer life. I address myself only to, to the true and living God and refuse any involvement of Satan in my prayer. Now, all I thought was like, oh my God, ants are satanic. <laughs> like, so I started thinking about gnats and ants and termites and I'm like, this guy's onto something. Those are the armies of Satan. They're the ones that are gonna win because we're gonna be God and it's just gonna be them. That's how Satan wins. <laughs> With bugs, not with bad people, with bugs. Okay, a few emails. Yeah. Two about dreams for some reason. A WTF moment, this is from Brian. A week or so ago, I dozed off sitting in a lawn chair in my backyard after listening to one of the recent broadcasts. While sleeping, I had a dream that I was in a grocery store, and on the shelf, I saw Mark Marin brand macaroni and cheese. What the fuck? What was in my head that made it dream that up? To make matters worse, I actually bought some, and God only knows what kind of shit Mark puts in that stuff. This WTF moment brought to you by a sweeping in the hot sun. Brian. Brian, I, I don't know what to tell you. I thought that would be funnier. Um, <laughs> nice try, though, buddy. This one's pretty good, though. Okay? It, I'll, I'll get a good one. We'll get a good one. Hi, Mark. This is holy shit WTF. Hi, Mark. Not sure if I regret sending this, but I had a WTF moment indirectly involving you. Last night, I was in a seedy bar listening to a mediocre local band do some really shitty cover songs. Quite a sentence. Um, I guess my brain went to your bit, quote, maybe it's time to get the band together, unquote, wondering if that's what these guys went through. Then somehow, that thought landed you in my dream. 
We were in a hotel bar, and I decided to have sex. Oh, wait. We were in a hotel bar and decided to have sex. I was a collect. We both did that. But you said that I had to sweep with your buddy as well. <laughs> Without even seeing him, I said, okay, let's go. We went in your hotel room, and I was about to have sex with you. Then I asked if you had a condom. You'd already had one on. But I looked down... And there was the condom, but then, but then had a plastic trash bag wrapped around your dick as well because you wanted to be extra cautious. I'll say that's cautious. <laughs> what does that say about her? I was, I was kind of freaked out and decided to go see what your buddy looked like. I turned around and it was a 12-year-old boy. I asked him... I asked him, how old are you? To which he responded, I will be 13 next month, but this was all Marin's idea. <laughs> then I said, what the fuck, and left the hotel. Really fucking creepy, right? Love the show, Melissa. Yeah, yeah, it was creepy. What about this? Dear Mark Marin, I've listened to every episode, some of them more than once. I would say I'm your biggest fan, but sometimes I forget how dark and horrible a lot of the, these things that you talk about are. I feel like I'm going through such a phase right now, and it's hard to have the wisdom and humility you seem to have about it. Today I was ab just about let down by everyone when the opportunity came to where someone, unbeknownst to him, could have really helped me feel better. I was to the point where I couldn't even respond. I was so irritated at everything, I just scoffed at everything. They said, what the fuck? Then I let myself down. The rest of the night was me trying to find out where my hateful mind could exist in this city. <sighs> I rode my bike. I rode my bike up and down the streets, pouring sweat, listening to breakbeats, looking for anybody to take my anger out on. I even stooped as low as thinking about beating the shit out of a homeless guy under a bridge. Later, I was hoping for a cop to stop me to try to write me a ticket for not having a bike light just so I could bike away in hopes that he'd chase after me. I did this until 2.30 in the a.m., just venting. None of this is characteristic of me. I don't even like techno. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was so worth it. Right there in the middle. <laughs> Highlighted. I mean, it goes on. He asks for help, but there's no reason to go on with that. Okay, this is it, and I won't bring that out. Okay, dude, I just had a serious WTF moment. I bought some of the WTF blend coffee from justcoffee.coop because I needed something dark and powerful to keep myself awake at night. I work nights. I brewed my first pot yesterday and proceeded to enjoy it as I sat at my desk trying to work through the night's workload. After about 30 minutes and two cups in, I was really moving and working like a good drone when my stomach rumbled. Thinking nothing of it, I continued to work until I had that familiar grumble that alarms me of a fart. Come on, man. Fart on paper? Come on, dude. <laughs> Being as I was alone in the office, I decided to let nature take its course. Mistake. <laughs> After a few seconds, I realized that the warm fart feeling hadn't diminished. It was then that I thought, holy shit, I just shit my pants. <laughs> it was horrible, dude. Thank God I was alone in the office. I washed myself off and threw my boxers in the dumpster. Fucking pow is right, man. I literally shit my pants. <laughs> Think I'll wear diapers for my next pot. Good stuff. Later, Steve. And of course, you can get WTF uh, blend coffee at WTFpod.com from justcoffee.coop. And I'll give away a few bags right now. Yay! 
Okay, over there. Beautiful. That's a WTF blend. It was in my freezer, uh, but it should be fine. Enjoy that. Now let's bring out our first guest. It's my pleasure to bring out the proprietor of the place that you're sitting in. I don't know if I can call him that because I don't know how it works, but I'm going to find out. Uh, he's, uh, he is the master of the UCB. Please welcome Matt Besser to the stage. Hi, buddy. Hey, everybody. Covered in the blood of the Lord for you tonight. Oh, thank God you are. How's that feel? Is that really what he said, covered in the blood of the Lord? Well, it's, that's the prayer. That's the warrior's prayer that he had. And I don't want to mock him. Maybe he finds some peace in that. It made me think about the ants in a different way. Sure. Not so much him, because he didn't come back for his clipboard. So either my ants were particularly frightening to him, or he didn't give a fuck. Those are the Lord's ants. You can't get rid of ants, Mark. Maybe termites, not ants. You can't get rid of them? Are you serious? No. Do you have them? You... You're leaving your food out or something. I have cat food that I leave out. That's it. Uh, and then, of Gotta course, get rid I, of the cats. Yeah, Gotta get a I, cat you, exterminator first. No. <laughs> that They're would be my ex-wife. Oh, my, no, sorry. My ex-wife, <laughs> when, uh, when my cat was pissing in our house, uh, as opposed to just put him outside, she said, let's just put him to sleep. Oh, uh, no. I think I've talked about that before. As a Jew, I knew who was next, and I knew what kind of sentiment they did. <laughs> and I realized I was perhaps married to the wrong woman. Aye, aye, aye. Are you married? I am. When for did that two happen? years. Really? Yes. Is it going all right? It's going great. Do you have a house and everything? Uh, yeah, kind of. Okay. Babies? Any babies? No. No? You're going to do that? I am. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm working up the batter as we speak. <laughs> so you're not jerking off? Can't jerk off. <laughs> smoke pot, all that no, stuff. No pot? Well, slowing down. <laughs> What does pot do to your cum? I mean, sperm or whatever. I like to think nothing. My friend who's in the audience, he says it makes them crooked. It makes them all fucked up? Like the fucked up sperms? It can. Where do you get that evidence? (laughs) Have you jerked off on a slide as a high person? (laughs) Like, have you gotten so high, you're like, where's my microscope? Guess when you jack off, it misses your hand. It shoots (laughs) off that way. (laughs) I'm out of (laughs) here! Really? Sideways sperm? I guess so. Well, those would be nice. If they could make the cut, then it'd be kind of interesting to have a sideways baby. <laughs> I think they call him retarded. <laughs> Actually, oh, they is your baby sideways? <laughs> that would be the more appropriate term. That's the new one. You know, I, I, retarded is out. It's out. It's been out for a Did while. Did you catch the sideways bus to school? <laughs> That's the new stand-up comeback to hecklers. <laughs> Somebody said, I asked what the audience wants what the right term was, and someone said, um, what was it, uh, intellectually... Uh, Challenge. Intell- but that is so broad. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't fall under that rubric, really? <laughs> intellectually challenged. What do they call themselves? Stupid. <laughs> I'm kidding. Jesus Christ, <laughs> sensitive people. <laughs> they call themselves whatever their name is. It's not like the they, N- they it's not like like N-word that you say retards to themselves. Huh? And call each other retards, but not other people. Well, yeah, I do. I, I talk about that a bit. I, yeah. I, I, I hope they do. I, I hope that they're able to say that, because I would love to hear that conversation. To mentally challenge people sitting around calling each other retarded would be, <laughs> that would make my life. If I could Yo, witness. retard, what's up, my retard? <laughs> no, I, I picture it more like, you're retarded. <laughs> and the like other an guy's argument? like, no, you're retarded. <laughs> No, you're retarded. That's what I'd like to see. 
Kind of like a waiting for Godot for retard. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see mentally challenged people do Godot. That would be fucking hilarious. And they only memorize like the first 10 minutes and they have to improvise the rest. And they have to wear the hat. How great would that Godot's be? Godot's coming. He has peanut cookies. Oh, I love peanut cookies. How many does he have? 14. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't understand half for a while. For a second. <laughs> okay. We did retarded people doing Godot. Yeah. I don't know how you come back from that on a moral level or a, on a comedic level. Now, are you planning on opening, like, uh, how many UCB theaters? Is this like McDonald's? Is it a franchising situation? You know, we are opening another one in New York. Did you know that? In another Al- one in New York? In on Alphabet top of the other City. one? Oh. Uh, oh, downtown. On the other side of the... Where Two Boots... Uh, oh, Two Boots Theater. Used to, theater used to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Over on, off of, what, first or second or A or B or... Like, I haven't been there. <laughs> pretty I think broad, it's like, second. Somewhere, yeah. yeah. I remember where there. It's, it's over by the park. Yeah. I'm very... I'm sweating now because you made me laugh and I'm drinking coffee and it's hot. That's okay. So but this yeah, is your we, second we one are. in New York. We are. Now, what do you do? Do you, you, you invite young people in and, and mislead them and uh, delude them into thinking that they can have we a can career teach in them show? Comedy. Yeah, right. yeah. Is that, is, that how the, is that on the manifesto? <laughs> how it works? <laughs> I think, um, I, I, what did I read this week about someone? I think it was like Doug Stanhope said it. I oh, was really comedy. upset about teaching classes yeah. in stand up, right. which I th- thought was interesting because there's a big fight over that. and. I don't. I don't think you can teach stand-up no. classes. I think you can give pointers. I think you can give a few weeks of good pointers, maybe, but you can't teach it. But you can teach improv. No, I, there is know, a methodology. As as rude as I may have just sounded, I've actually, uh, I've, 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 my heart is warmed towards uh, to what people are doing, to what the youngsters are doing, because I think what improv teaches people is a skill set to work with others, write their own material, figure out what's funny about them, understand their limitations and whether or not they should or shouldn't be on stage. You know, decide whether or not, hey, this was fun, but I'm going to go back to work. Uh, you know, that kind right. of stuff. And working I with other people is a big part of it. Actually. Yeah, no fucking shit, huh? Yeah, I I'm alone in my garage, yeah. and I've always been that way. Like I didn't even like you when I first met you because of your ability to work with other people. <laughs> when I first started doing improv and uh, improv Olympic in Chicago, when I uh, first started, I was doing stand up, and the woman running it like said, uh, "Is anyone here stand up?" And I I raised my hand, and after class, she told me that the class might not work out for me. Really? <laughs> because I was a stand-up. Okay. So she knew. It's like, you're one of them, They had huh? a reputation sure. of getting on stage and not wanting to let anybody in and yeah. share the scene with them. I, you know, I, I think that's called... Uh, it, but there are rules to that, right? I think it's called fear. But, I, I, but there are rules to, uh, to working with other people. There like, are. Because I'll find... Like, what I've done in acting class, if I can share this, I don't mean to talk about me. I remember this specifically. There was a scene in which I did a scene uh, with a woman, and it was heavy. There was yelling involved, and I think she started crying, and, and, and she was supposed <laughs> to. So right at the end of the scene, where, where she was sniveling in the corner, and, and it was like scene, I immediately ran to the teacher, and right in front of the class, it was like, how's that? And she was still crying. <laughs> and, um, and it was at that moment where I realized, like, I really don't like women. Um, LAUGHTER I'm kidding. I, I just realized everyone... I was very selfish and that I, I didn't stay in the scene with other person and I ran away. I had away. an acting th- thing like that, too. I'm wondering if everyone that takes an acting class has that one class. Like, I got in a fight in a class. I think it was we were doing True West. 
You're supposed to be in that play, get in a fight. Yeah, but we really got in a fight. Like, <laughs> after, like when the scene was done, we were yeah. still shoving each other, and I was like, motherfucker, don't show me so fucking hard. And the teacher's like, all right. <laughs> was, like, there you go. Uh, oh, great, you taught us to fight. <laughs> I knew that before the class. Was it, was it a cult acting teacher? Did you, do you have any experience with those kind of people? Well, I, the guru Del Close, but he kind of deserved... The to cult, be, yeah, I do actually. Like there because was a the lot acting of culty th- kind of yeah. People. The acting teacher I had was this guy named Michael Howard, and and he was like a you you know him, really. Yeah. So what was your experience with him? I I got the impression he was sort of a, a second string method guy that knew a lot of those cats in the in the in the living theater and some stuff, but he wasn't. He was just a teacher, right? But you definitely got the feeling that, like, you didn't fuck with Michael Howard, and if you don't get Michael Howard, maybe you're not in the right class. Right? He humiliated people. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that out. <laughs> I feel abused a little bit. What did he do to you? Oh, thank God. That's what I was trying to say. See, I was trying to be diplomatic. Because just because... Ah, uh, you opened it up. Yeah. Just because he's a sweet little Jewish guy doesn't mean he's not a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, he just sat there perched on his little chair, and he was, like, 900 years old. And, he, you know, he pretended to know everything about everything, and he'd use people as puppets, and then he'd yell at you, and then, uh, and then you'd feel like an asshole. And I don't know anybody. I should have known better, because at that acting school, they, they had no pictures of anybody that came out of there that did anything. <laughs> That's the key. Yeah, just a soap actor. Did, you, did the people that got humiliated sometimes seem like they deserved it, though? Everyone deserved to be humiliated if they're taking an acting class. Yeah. <laughs> Del Close used to end scenes by going, Stop, that was awful. <laughs> and if it wasn't you, it was the best moment in the world. You're like, yeah, it was awful. He actually said it. But I think that weeds people out, right? It does. Because they can't At a certain it. point, you need that. And there's certain schools where they have this loving, nurturing thing where they never tell you you suck. Right. And that, but that brings keeps money coming in. I guess so. But like you teach, no? I, I, you, I haven't in a while, but yes, I have. Now, as a teacher, isn't there a moment where you, you have like these bright-eyed uh, people who want to learn improv, and you know in your heart and in your soul that that one person is just never going to fucking get this? Yeah, it's crazy. There's some people with whatever, Asperger's or whatever. Where but that's they, hilarious. Asperger's is a weird, very interesting disease because obviously you can be really... As a matter of fact, most of them probably are very intelligent. But like, there's, I've I've had a couple of students who know the rules backwards and forwards, and they know every note I've ever given, and they get up there and they follow every single rule, and it still doesn't work, and they're so frustrated afterwards. But there's only one thing left to say to them, which is what you're not funny. Oh no! <laughs> but but you know, you, you, did you say that? I, no, I've never said. That. <laughs> I, I could never say it, but you d- we do, but unlike do some other schools go, maybe you need to take some time off and try another strategy. We, w- we won't just keep reeling them in. So, but you've never had to say that? You just sort of imply, like, okay, you know? Or do you just let the group take care of it? I know how that works. Like, yeah. all the other kids hit him with a sock filled with soap. And, and when he's it's sweeping... It's kind of like the go- person with bad breath. Someone does need to tell them eventually. But uh, I, I don't want to oh. be that guy. Have you ever done that? Yeah, of course I have. 
Brian Fast, Harvard Square, <laughs> Cambridge, Massachusetts, Catch Rising Star, probably 1989. This guy, no one would tell him. They'd always put him on last. It was fucking awful. He was a nice enough guy, but he was just terrible, and he would pretend like he wasn't. And, and Man, they're and not I, getting me tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! And I... It's this it's thing is stuck in my heart because I know I got to apologize to him. Like, wh- literally, I, David Cross remembers this because we were walking out of Catch a Rising Star. There was maybe seven people left in the crowd. We had already gone on. It was probably 1230. They were about a half hour out from closing. So this was Brian's time. It was the open mic night. And Brian comes mm. lumbering in. You know, he's, and he was really awkward looking on top of everything else. And he comes lumbering in. He's lumbering walking. implies he's overweight. Oh, no. He was, um, <laughs> what, what, what do you call this? <laughs> Prancing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's kind of awkwardly prancing in. Um, and, and he's walking down the stairs. I'm walking up with Cross, and I look at him and go, and I, say, I remember uh. saying, I go, why don't you just go home? Oh, oh I'm the asshole? Yes. <laughs> and I, it's, it hurts my heart now. I have to make an amends for that because I think that is the key to everything. Like, if I just apologize to Brian Fast, my life will turn around. That's the apology butterfly effect for everyone yes. else. I owe you an apology, too. I think I was kind of a dick to you early on. What happened? Why, why, why'd I stop? I know you didn't like improv, and you made that quite like clear you. to I us. didn't like you. Really? Yeah. What did I do to you? You were just kind of... You're cranky. You know, you're very... I'm cranky? <laughs> you're calling me cranky? <laughs> Weren't you a little... You always seem very wrapped I think up in and general, aggravated. Well, anytime I'd see you, you see, the great thing about being a stand-up, you just have to show up and go on stage. <laughs> when you're in a sketch group, you got to set the egg somewhere and the gun and fill the blanks and set the cues. Before a show is a very stressful time. Yeah, so? That might have been crankiness. No, I remember when you were doing stand-up, we were at Luna, and you were starting to do stand-up. And stand-up? I was, yeah, and I resented you because I'm like, who's this guy? And then we had the same management. And then, like, you know, I always got the feeling that you were like, you know, like, oh, I'm fucking Matt Benson. You know, and... Uh, <laughs> so I projected this whole asshole personality onto you. And now I just realize I've... you're just sort of out of it sometimes. And that, like, I made it all up. <laughs> out of it. Your apologies saying... <laughs> yeah. You weren't cranky. You were just out of it that entire time. A terrible apology. Oh no! Well, well, I'll retract the apology if you didn't feel it. That I just, re- I just realized you were born sideways. Matt Pester, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Pester. Yeah, you can move down. Holy shit! Oh god, that was hilarious. You're gonna go all the way down? Okay, that's no, that's fine. That's fine. No, you can stay there. This next guy, this fucking guy is hilarious, and I didn't even know he was around anymore. <laughs> I don't remember how I got reconnected with him, but I'd known him for so long, and he's so funny. He's been on—he was on Curb Your Enthusiasm a couple times. He's written some things. He was a great stand-up. I think he had a baby. I don't—I don't even remember where I met him. Please bring out Ed Krasnick. Ed Krasnick, welcome. Oh, hello. You're what? Uh, Good. I I spoke to Brian Fast. Yes. Not call? happy. <laughs> Not happy after all these years. You, do you remember him? I do remember him at Catch a Rising Star. In yes, Boston. Robin Horton, the air traffic controller of oh. comedy. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's where I remember you from. The um, it, we were at Cambridge, Massachusetts, Catch a Rising Star. Were you living there? Uh, define living. Was nineteen no. eighty nine? Uh, yes, I was. I, no, I was in San Francisco, and I used to come back to Boston. Everybody thought that I lived there, right? And so, yes, it was. But I, I would come back, sure. And the guy who ran the club was oh a God. fucking lunatic. Okay, here's what he would do. Do you want to do it? You don't even know what I'm doing. Are you going to you, do the you club? Do, you going to do the thing? The what? I don't know. Okay, do do what you're going to do. Okay, here's what would happen. He would, you would get there, uh, bright-eyed, uh, ready for your open mic, right? He'd make a list of comics who were going on. It was Sunday and Monday were open mics. But not open mics, but, you know, showcase night. So it was me, you, Cross, Louis was around, Garofalo, right. uh, Chuck Squar, Jonathan Groff. Who else would they know? This was like an open uh, mic. Jonathan Katz, maybe, Jonathan was Jonathan Katz in. was there. Right. Wendy you know, Liebman. Show, Wendy Liebman. Good, good, good. So fucking Horton. Fuck, fuck. You know what? I'm still mad at him. Get it out. This is the time to deal with because it. Because he's... <laughs> Okay, so he would, he would go into his office in the back and he'd make the list when he'd see who'd come, right? And then he'd come out of the office. Literally, he'd walk out like this, put the list on the wall, walk back into his office. <laughs> so then we'd all run up and go, okay, where we at? Where we at? And then he'd see where you were on the list and be like, all right, number six, that's fucking great. There's going to be people here. And everybody would see their spot. And then he'd go sit down and the show would start and he'd be watching your buddies on stage and then he'd see Horton come out. And he'd be like, what's he doing? What's he doing? And he'd come out. And he'd start fucking with the list. <laughs> and then he'd go back into his office. And then we'd all have to go, oh, fuck. And you're like, you'd run back and you're like, oh, now I'm number eight. What the fuck has happened? How did, he, how did he rearrange it? Cross, you're number nine and you were number two. What the fuck is happening? And then we'd go and we'd sit there and watch the acts, but that, now bitter and resentful. Is that, that is how you totally remember? true. That right. is totally true. And then by, by the fourth time he'd come out, yeah. you're fucking number 15 right. and no one's there when you go on. Right. And fuck I, that guy. And I... <laughs> It's not Horton Hears a Who, it's Horton Hears a What the Fuck. It really is. No, he, this guy was horrible. And he was a fired air traffic controller. This was the arbiter of stand-up comedy uh, in, in the best club in the country, probably. Kept yeah, he saw, saw. Like, he, just, he, he saw, like, it was like radar. He, just, he saw us hovering around, and he was like, that one's a problem. I'm going to let him you know, circle for a while. It, yes. I, I, I'm going to let Marin circle. Not, I just spun around. I didn't circle. I just spun. I remember you. You spun on your own axis. You were like the earth. You really were. <laughs> now, but here's the thing about him. He would speak in baseball metaphors. Do you remember yeah, this? No. He would say, and he said to me one time, he said, you're very funny, Ed, but you need a glove. <laughs> Get a glove, and you'll always be on my all-star team, and you're going to turn the double play every time. But you need a glove. And then he'd go back into his office. <laughs> He was like a deranged cuckoo clock. He'd I go back in and come oh, out. I fucking hated him. No, he had that weird, the, the weird black pupils, you know, like the, of, a, of a real you know, bipolar crazy person. Yes. And it, he was always slightly frightening. And if you even mentioned politics, yes. he would come out, that's page seven of the Barry Crimmins notebook. Like everything was like, you know, Barry Crimmins had written some sort of bi- This is really <laughs> Barry Crimmins was yeah. No, it's inside stuff. But, but well, we had to see because we haven't seen each other. Who's I had Barry to Crimmins? Is a political uh, satirist, a comic from Boston. Yeah, when he, they had satire. He, he no, satirized he himself right out of the business. A long time ago. Oh, the guy was insane. The guy Crimmins was, was so deep in the satire that he just <laughs> drifted away. He went... He's he, living upstate somewhere. He is. Angry. He is. It's, it's a fine line between satire and like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> It really is. Am I screaming too much? A little bit. 
He's like the Ted Kaczynski of comedy at yes. this point. He's in a cabin. He's writing letters. I don't know what he's doing. Anyway, yes. I haven't seen you in probably 45 years. Israel so... has just become a state. Remember? <laughs> yeah, I do. We so thought what? it would last? Yeah. Boy, no, were we wrong. It's, it's dicey there now. It is dicey. You're still very Jewy, which is good. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because it's the Upright Citizens Brigade, and yeah. now you have the Hunched Over Jews Brigade. Yeah. It's the two of us. Are it's, sitting. It's, there's only one on this show right now. Hello? Yeah, me and you, and usually there's more Jews. Bester, you think, would Matt be Jew. Matt is a Jew. I'm half Jew. Yeah, I but but we so. had this conversation. But which, you had it already? Well, watch. Here's what happens. Who's Jewish? Your mother or your father? It's my mother. Really? Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. It's my father. It's my father. Oh, he tried. Did you see what happened? He's answered that wrong sometimes just to pass. I, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you want to pass as a Jew in most situations. You do. It's power. It's most, power. It really most is. Situations. Yeah, it's power. Why don't I get on the train? <laughs> My relatives thank you, my father thanks you, and my grandmother thanks you. No. Stuttgart is not Stuttgart. It's not the way it used to be. And don't get on the express. I, um, now, I, I have to tell you, you were yeah. talking about improv, and I, I have to say, this is one of the best improvisers. I am one of the worst improvisers because I can't do space work. What does that mean, space, space work? Space work means that you're talking on the phone. Yeah. You got the phone up, right? Yeah, yeah. By your ear. Yeah. And then it becomes an iron. Right. And for no reason, you're ironing your hair and you're justifying it verbally. I'm very good verbally, uh-huh. but I can't, I can't open a window. You're not in the driver's seat. I'm driving a car and, it's no, and then I let the wheel drop. I can't do it. So you're saying that this might happen where you're like, so where are we going? Yeah. And then you just and like I this? Say, oh, I'm answering the iron. <laughs> Who's on the iron now? And then I justify it verbally, so that's okay. What do you mean? Does that? What does that mean? You justify it, it, it verbally. I'd say, Hello, I'd say, oh, ow, I'm burning yeah, my head. Yes, yes, I'd say, look who's on the iron phone again, and I'd say it. You probably wreck at that point. <laughs> you burn your head with the iron. Well, sure, <laughs> sure it is, sure it is. I'm not a good driver in the improv circles. You don't want to get in a, a makeshift cab with me, an imaginary cab. Now, I have to say, you're, ta- you're talking about uh, acting, and the funny story that I had was, was Jean Shelton had an acting school in San Francisco, and she was one of those teachers that you're talking about who actually, I was in, uh, doing a scene from Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, and she turned... It's a hilarious her, show. She tur- it, it is a very... The way I do it, it's very it's funny because I have the iron to my ear. <laughs> Oh, my hair. I can't even imagine you and who's afraid. Did you play the, the young professor guy? Or? I did. Of course. And I was just... afraid of myself, as a matter of fact. <laughs> afraid of my own feelings. That's how I do it. Anyway, uh, she's in the back, and she looks like, I just started the scene, and she turns back, and she goes, I'm so bored. Is anybody bored? I'm really bored. Uh... <laughs> During Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. So now I can't see the movie anymore. I can't see the play. I can't even hear the name Mike Nichols. I can't hear Burton. I can't hear Taylor. I can't hear anything. George Siegel I met once. Could not hear him. Did not enjoy him. No, so I have that. Now, now the other... The other but this is a true story. This is actually a true story. I had rehearsed with a guy for a scene from The Odd Couple. And it was the Linguini scene uh-huh. where he throws yeah. the pasta and it sticks to the wall. Right. Right? Right. This guy had boiled the pasta knowing I was going to come over and rehearse at his apartment. Yeah. It's noon. There's nobody around. Okay. He takes the pasta, he boils it, he throws it on the wall, and he starts to choke me. <laughs> I'm going to kill you! And he starts to choke me. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is not the comedy that I remember. This is not the comedy of Neil Simon. This is the comedy of Jack Kevorkian. And so now he's choking me, yeah. and I can't get him off me. It's just you and him in his apartment? It's me and him. There's no one around. And there's pasta on the wall. This is how I'm going to die. 
not on stage, in someone's apartment rehearsing the pasta linguine scene. No well, one's ever seen it. You lucky said, you weren't rehearsing the accused. <laughs> I'm rehearsing it in my mind. Uh, no, I don't know. Hey, no, I, I, I really swear to God, I've had these weird confluences of, the other one was Comedy Day. Do you remember? There used to be something yeah. in San Francisco. Yeah. You did Comedy Day. I did it once. It, it's now, I think it's, a, it's Comedy Half Day. And it's <laughs> it probably <Yeah>. is. <laughs> There's no more comedy in San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco used to be, it was literally 60,000 people in Golden Gate Park, and they'd have a festival. So they got a festival, and I was backstage interviewing people, and I'm interviewing Diane Feinstein. Hilarious. Who is very funny. <laughs> cracks me up. The humor actually gets caught in her hair. It's a very <laughs> unusual thing. And so I'm interviewing her, and from way back I hear, Krasnick, Ed Krasnick, Henry from group therapy at Langley Porter Hospital. <laughs> You got better, I didn't. What happened? <laughs> that is not a false story. That is absolutely true. <laughs> true story. I am the Ken Burns of depression. That's what I am. You got better, I didn't. What happened? What happened? <laughs> Angry that I what? got... And, that, and he thinks that I got better. That's what's so beautiful. I'm the king in this man's talk. Me. Are you better? No. I'm, I'm in the Actors Witness Protection Program. That's why you said, where is he? And that's what it is. But you look like you have an age. You have, didn't you have a baby or steal a baby? I stole a baby. Yes, I did. And raised her as my own. And now she walks around the house going, why do I need this? And keeps it there. The extended hand is very important. Uh, no, actually, my daughter is five years old. and I Five years old? Five, so you've had her for five years? Five years. Uh, <laughs> We're on a wait-and-see program, if she works out. No, but she five years old, and so I, I went to a party the other day, and I rehearsed something with her, and somebody came up to her, and I said, ask Shana if she's comfortable. My daughter's name is Shana. Shana, are you comfortable? She says, I make a living. <laughs> she's five. Ed Krasnick, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think so. I don't know if this is going to happen or not. Did Craig, is Craig back there? No. Oh. I reconfirmed with him, too. Yeah. He's on the time machine. Huh? <laughs> They're making uh, two. They're making part two. He's in the time machine. Oh, fucking hell. What are you going to do? And I think... Uh, hold on. This is just a note to my producer. Leave this in, Brendan. What the fuck is with Craig Robinson blowing us off? But you know what? I don't think we should be upset. We're having a good time, aren't we? I don't think it. I don't think. Now, Eddie, if, you do, if I need you to do a few bits at the end, will you do some of the old? Uh, will you do some of the <laughs> yeah, work? The, the hand is, gestures okay, on the podcast. But, very, very timely. <laughs> That's why I'm big. But, but no, but see, this is one of those situations, though, where oh, like you, it. you were, you know, hilarious, and and no one is. I'm not asking you to do your bits, right. but. Uh, but 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 not many people know you, but it's because you you know you're, you haven't been doing it for a while, and uh, it's not an insult in any way. But I'm gonna can I get a copy of this podcast? Yeah yeah, because <laughs> I'm gonna send it to my management, <laughs> who I will kill after this show, slowly, and by doing improv. Poorly. Ed, Eddie had a, a very a very distinct way of delivering a joke that rec it almost as if he pitched them to you yes. with his hands. Yes. Right? I did a lot of hand gestures. I think it was insecurity and not trusting but the I'm, audience. Uh, so I would literally grab them <laughs> and shake them and say, that's funny. <laughs> Isn't that funny for you? Yeah. 
it was hilarious. No, it was I, funny. Listen, I, uh, I, I've, I've done some, you know, I made a little noise in the 50s. I sure. I a song, Tossing and Turning, on the radio. It was, that was a great song. You like Tossing and Turning? My father loved it. You know, I, when I was a kid, he'd play it for us. <laughs> was that, yeah. No, but it was I, you and those three other guys, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, excellent. The four depressions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We weren't the tops, we were the bottoms. No, I... Oh, please. Right now, we're going to bring out... Uh, I, I, th- I think... Uh, I'm going to try again. Craig Robinson, paging Craig Robinson. Oh, unbelievable. I reconfirmed them. All right. Uh, doesn't matter. We have a lot of show, and we have uh, the very funny... Uh, please welcome from the Clutter family and the David Feldman podcast, Mr. Jim Earl, ladies and gentlemen. Jim Earl. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's uh, great to be here. Uh, hey, uh, Mark? Yes. Um, I have another intro for you here. If you, would you mind uh, reading it here? Not uh, at all, Jim. We can cut this out of the, uh, of the podcast later. But, uh, what, Mark, the intro I just did? Yeah, Mark didn't well, really if know come. this okay, is, is going to happen. You want me to just read it then? Yeah, you just go ahead. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this next man is very special to me. I don't want to waste a lot of time before I bring him up by boring you with my effusive description of his many talents. Suffice it to say, not only is he a great performer, but he is also a wonderful human being. That man is... Jim Earl. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, and when well, I say a wonderful human being, I don't mean relatively speaking when compared to my own wounded personality, stunted character, and retarded emotional growth. <laughs> I don't even mean when compared to the rest of the excrement scrolling about in this turd-laden shipbox we call show business. No, I'm referring to the best of the best, winner of the Primetime Emmy Award and Peabody Award for excellence in comedy writing. Why should it matter that nobody has the guts to hire him anymore? That, that he's currently in desperate need of a writing job. Hell, he'd even write for one of those shitty Comedy Central roasts. I am, of course, talking about Jim Earl, ladies and gentlemen. Thank Jim you. Earl. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, it doesn't even matter that he's sweeping... With my ex-wife. <laughs> and by sweeping, I, of course, mean really giving her the business. <laughs> Hard, steady, with prejudice, in a way I never could. And I thank him for that. <laughs> by the way, Jim, isn't your website jimmerl.com? And didn't you just release your band CD... The Clutter Family on <laughs> iTunes. Well, you didn't have to, you know, bring that up right now, Mark. But thanks. I, I applaud his courage. If only I had what it takes to break the sordid cycle of bad judgment that has made me the flawed and broken man I am today. That's not to say I won't ever pay Jim back all the money I owe him. Thirty-five thousand two hundred seventy-three dollars and thirteen cents, to be exact. Thank you, Jim, for helping me out in a time of need. You were there when no one else wanted to be, especially assholes like these lumpen schlubs in the audience tonight who can, <laughs> who can barely give me the superficial validation I need to justify my next Xanax. <laughs> Did I mention he fucked my ex-wife? Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Errol. Jim Thank Errol, you. ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, well, Mark, uh, I think my time is up. Uh, uh, thanks a lot. You know, I can't follow that fucking intro. Thanks, thanks for nothing, asshole. Yeah. 
Jim Earl. He just left. He's a genius. Uh, he's a genius, right? He's a genius. Do you, do you remember him from the old days? Yeah, from I'm going to reunite them. I have a show called This Week in Comedy. It's a podcast, and it has Jim. It's going to have Hold Jim. on, you're a comedian. You do a podcast? It's not really what I would call a podcast. <laughs> it's it's really uh, you can get it on your old TV if you have the pliers. <laughs> the, the rabbit ears. It's Victrola uh, proof. You're going to reunite Lank and Earl? Yes. That's hilarious. Yeah, Lank and See, Earl. By the way, talking. I don't know if you know uh, Lank and Earl were the, be- the one of the. You don't know movies. if you know Lank and Earl. Uh, you, I barely know Lake and Earl. I don't know if you remember Smith and Dale from the 1900s. Of the course early 1900s. I remember Smith and Dale. With the buggy bit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are they still doing that? They are. In they are. hell. They do. No. They do it in Vegas. They open for Jeremy Hotz. In hell? No. <laughs> Jeremy Hotz. <laughs> Sorry, we're just doing it for us now, Slow I guess. Slow burn. Craig Robinson. <laughs> You know what? I think he realized there was no piano here, and he said, "Fuck it." Probably right. A lot of it's music. Here's what we have. I have one a special thing record sampler. This is a this is a special uh, thing records. It's a 2010 comedy sampler with Jen Kirkman, Jonah Ray, Scar Brothers, Doug Benson, Andrew Daly, uh, Bob Odenkirk, uh, Paul F. Tompkins, Kyle Kinane, Greg Proops. Who wants it? Oh. I got bits and beats from Stand Up Records, standuprecords.com. This has Maria Bamford, a lot of different people on it. I don't know about you. Yeah, here you go. Uh, I don't want to hurt anybody, but I will toss it gently. Oh, shit. You want one of these, buddy? No, you don't want it? I do. Yeah, Bamford's on here. Oh, that sounded creepy. (laughs) Got a little Bamford for you, buddy. Didn't it? (laughs) It's like, Bamford? <laughs> it was very focused and very disturbing. Yeah. It's your birthday. Oh, do you want me to kiss you? Ugh. I I have something for you. What, what size are you? Ec- really? Uh. Wow. You don't say really. What? <laughs> That's rude to say. To really. a lady. To a lady, you don't say really. <laughs> Extra small. Okay. You're surprised. I have a Nerdcock shirt for you. This is some... This is a small men's. You probably won't wear it outdoors, so maybe you could sleep in it and frighten men. Um, okay, you really do? You frighten men? Happy birthday. Yeah, sure. What did it say? We missed it over here. It says Nerdcock. I, I, nerd cock? Nerdcock. It's, it's an idea. <laughs> An idea. It's an idea that requires too much. Craig Robinson. It's an idea that requires too much explanation That'd to be wear great the in your life. Anytime you get nervous, you just go. Craig, Craig Robinson. Robinson. <laughs> like he's your or Nerdcock. Either one. This will do. Nerdcock. 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 That... Take me away. <laughs> the Nerdcock idea, Matt Besser was that we, we've shifted out of the jockcock, rockcock paradigm into the nerdcock paradigm. It's, it's a jerkier paradigm, but it's still powerful. You, so it's about that. It's a, it's a paradigm shift. You had t-shirt. me a nerdcock. <laughs> no, but I realize that only ballsy women and gay men can wear it with any confidence. Anyone in between those two things just goes to the gym and awkwardly realizes they can't wear it in public. Then I can wear it twice. So no, now I'm giving away double XLs as nerdcock 90s. Uh, so if anybody wants the last of the orange Nerdcock 90s, give it to the woman that really wants it. 
That's a cotton poly blend, too, isn't it? This, I don't know what they are. They're good. Uh, here's uh, another double XL, please. Okay, you want one now <laughs> that you touched it? You, uh, oh, God, how good the fucking throw is that? That's wonderful. This show has gone you off the glove, tracks. You need a glove, though. Gone off the tracks. <laughs> now I have one more small for a girl that will wear it confidently. <laughs> don't what? You guys avoid that like as a bouquet. I mean, you were... <laughs> She's sitting right down. next to you. You can't just be like, oh, I'll catch it and give it to you. You're like, no, 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 I don't want to touch the nerd cock shirt as if it were a real nerd cock. <laughs> Those nerd cocks are hard to grab. They're slippery. Slippery. <laughs> slippery and jerky. Come on, don't spaz out, nerd cock. Hey, man, so let's, uh, you know, this guy had me on his show last night and... Uh, you know, he heckled me a little bit, as he likes to do. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just want to tell you that everything's turning around for Eddie Pepitone. He mentioned to me, like, he came in today. He's like, Mark, everything's turning around for me. <laughs> and I said, really, Eddie? He goes, yup, this is it. This is my year, Mark. Oh, I feel like I could just do him for the rest That's of the show. great Eddie Pepitone. I know, it is, right? <laughs> I can only do it for a few seconds, though. Do it a little louder. Krasnick? Yes! Don't yell at me! <laughs> I have problems! Let's do a scene from Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? I would love to do that, Eddie! Okay! Please welcome Eddie Pepitone to the stage! <laughs> Sir. Craig Robinson. That, yeah, by the way, that pisses me off. Please, take care of it for me, Eddie. <laughs> that pisses me off. Hot tub time machine? All right, it's a great title. And if I'm sitting in a studio... By the way, my energy might be low because of the apocalyptical heat. <laughs> Nobody's talked about the apocalyptical heat. Saving it for you. On the podcast? <laughs> it's all you. Is it just me? I mean, I live in the fucking valley, and I don't even want to... And that's not to brag that I things have broken my way, that I can live in the valley. No, I mean, it's beautiful. It's more space than here in Hollywood. By the way, every time I come into Hollywood now, I get nervous. There's too many fucking club kids with glow sticks in that Kawanga corridor. I don't need that shit anymore, all right? I've proven myself. I danced my way through my 20s like a motherfucker. <laughs> I just danced and danced, and now all I do, I'm in the valley, I have five cats, Hoju, Criswell, Louie, Katie, and Sherman, and I gotta tell you, it's a lot of fun, because when Sherman runs around in my apartment, I'll go to my girlfriend, sorry ladies, by the way, there, but I'll go to my girlfriend, I will go to my girlfriend, Sherman's on the march. And that's the kind of entertainment that happens in my apartment. I am making Civil War references with a cat, okay? And that is fucking beautiful symmetry because this country, the Civil War, was nothing but a motherfucking bloodbath. And that's all this country is, is a motherfucking bloodbath with Twitter. That's all it is. No, 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 no. Everybody doesn't want to talk about it, but this country 
is a fucking blood bath. UFC, and I'm sure you're a fan. UFC, no, Besser, yeah, you are, right? Of UFC? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I That's went That's a good improviser. You, but I know you're not a fan, am I right? Because you have emotional violence. Oh, yeah. It's all going on in here. It's all going on I in here. I know why the cage bird sings inside. <laughs> but I have a feeling you like UFC. I don't know why. I'm covered in the blood of Brock Lesnar. <laughs> but these motherfuckers, it's the most popular sport in America because people love blood. It's like, and I don't, you know, I can get into it, but I don't watch it. I don't watch it because I have an addictive personality. And I, start, and I jerk off to these fights now. I'm combining sex and violence, which sells. Sex and violence sells. But back to my point, because I go all over the place. Can I, can I just clear something up? You, you jerk off to UFC fights? Yes. I, can I just, I just want to make sure I understood. You talk openly about sex in this podcast. No, I'm not I thought I would as well. <laughs> when I see two brutes killing each other, I want to come. I don't know what the fuck that is. And I'm well read. I am well read. I am well read, but I want to come during a UFC fight. But the reason I brought the UFC fights, and I'm sorry to take it into my sexuality. No, no, I didn't have a problem with that. I just wanted you to go all the way with it, and I'm glad we went there. Anyway, no, I don't have to talk about him. You know about him. <laughs> but this country is a bloodbath with Twitter. Like today I get up, it's 120 fucking degrees in the valley, okay? I don't even like to get my mail. In the, and it's right outside my door, and I'm like, I go to my girlfriend, and again, sorry, ladies. I go to my girlfriend, and I'm like, honey! I'm going to get the fucking mail here in the valley. If I'm not back, please, please tell my father he confused me my whole life with his mixed signals. That's what I want to tell my father if I die before him. Just a note saying, what with all the mixed signals? You love me, but yet you're angry at me constantly. And now, my love life is filled with weird mixed signals like that. Like, as soon as I get close to somebody, I want to go, God damn it! And I don't know why that is. <laughs> Except I was raised in Brooklyn, where everybody just walks around going, Fuck! Fuck! When is it gonna end? When is it gonna end? My relatives in Brooklyn now talk about me. They're like, did you hear he's got a podcast? And some Italian fuck. We're Sicilian. By the way, I'm Jewish. You said there was only one Jew on the show, but my mother is Jewish. Okay. She, not my father. All right. Like Matt. Okay. Don't my point mother. at me and my <laughs> Jewish father. Look, right underneath all this is a laughing man. I love that. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Back in. I laugh because I don't do hot tub time machine. I show up here. I can't wait to the day 
where Marin asked me, Pepitone, I've got a show. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm doing Hot Tub Time Machine 20. I don't know, should I show up? Hot Tub Time Machine 20. Anyway, this country is a fucking bloodbath. Um, I, I wake up and I turn it on, I turn on the television, and Wolf Blitzer, who is one of my heroes, because all he does, he stands in front of us in a suit, telling us, oh, it's gonna be all right. They just capped the fucking well. So what do I do when they cap the well? I celebrate by checking my bank account. Not doing well right now, even though I've got so much talent. Craig Robinson? <laughs> Page and Craig Robinson. <laughs> he's, have, he's on his fourth martini going, God, I'm doing so great. <laughs> I wonder how that podcast is doing. <laughs> Did he host Last Comic Standing? I think so. That's a fucking bloodbath. No wonder he's not here. He does not want to show his face. That show, Last Comic Standing, the only thing that is worse than BP is Last Comic Standing. It is. Be honest. We lost a very great comedian to that show, Andy Kindler. Oh, my God. We lost a very lost great... Him. Kindler used He's to down. be the outsider. What? That's true. I mean, but... He what? used to be the outsider, and then he joined forces with Last Comic Standing. Would I you... can't wait to heckle him here. Would you have taken that job? Yes. <laughs> Eddie Peppertone, ladies That's and gentlemen. Right. That's our show. Kick up the music. I want to thank Matt Besser, Ed Krasnick. You've been great. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. PunchlineMagazine.com, StandUpRecords.com. You guys were great. UCB, Hollywood, thank you for coming out. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>